0: Welcome to the official Brandon Ritchie Substack Podcast. Today I have a very special episode for you. I think you're going to enjoy it. I wanted to take a different direction today and dive in a little more to the power and and explore the power of words. Uh, With that being said, as as a bit of a teaser, if you're joining this and listening in for the first time, this podcast serves as a map for helping you and those around you to be a zenith during chaotic times. And what is Zenith? Zenith means a peak, a uh, tip top. I want you at your peak. I want you at your best. And in this era that we're living in, of ca- this era of chaos, you have to be at your peak. You have to be at your best. And the way to do that is to, uh, I believe the best way, and I've come to this conclusion, is by sharing life experience, not only from myself, but with this show, I also have guests on for interviews in their respective fields and their respective lives to share their experiences in on the ground and how real life works and how and what works when tested in the equation up against reality and how that equation pans out when we apply real uh, real world theory and real world. Um, experience. Okay, so this is this is the goal here. So, if you're tuning in for the first time, or if you're a regular listener and you hadn't done this yet, make sure that you subscribe to the show. You go to brandonrichie.substack.com, and if you're listening in on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, uh, feel free to share those links out as well as your engagement and your support of the show is key in making this show work. So I need you to be a force multiplier if if you want to help others to be a zenith during chaotic times. If you're on Spotify, also take a five seconds and hit the follow button and also feel free to give the show a five star rating if you want to demonstrate your support for the show in that way. Now with that being said, I want to start out with a quote here uh, to kind of set the tone, to set the theme for today's show. And I think you you, you all are going to like this, particularly if you like the TV series Yellowstone. So here's the quote. There is a war being waged against our way of life. That is progress in today's world. If it's progress you want, then don't vote for me. I am the opposite of progress. I am the wall it bashes against, and I will not be the one who breaks. John Dutton. That quote is profound, and I wanted to lead off with this in today's episode to illustrate the point here and how this this culture of ours, we've had a rise of this Orwellian culture. And when I speak, you've probably heard that term Orwellian. That is based off an author uh, by the name of George Orwell. And Orwell wrote a fictional novel that was titled "1984." And even though this novel was labeled as fiction, oddly enough, if you read it now and look at what we're experiencing uh, in today's real world, uh, the category could be could be uh, changed from uh, fiction to nonfiction. Um, and this comes with what Orwell in his theory of the case, looking at the book, he's basically pointing out this cycle of descent um, where we descend in this uh, this cycle where words, they use words, what he refers to as newspeak, in order to shape culture and to uh, regress the human condition. All right? So where knowledge is typically used as a means to, you know, to teach someone knowledge, the use of words, the use of of uh, well written content, uh, whatever that is, however information is framed, should be the goal. Should be to expand one's knowledge. But in the case of Orwell and what he defines with Newspeak, it is the opposite. What it does is it is it restricts. It uh it 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 restricts the knowledge base. Okay. I'm gonna read a little excerpt from 1984 that's here, and I have this in front of me, the book, 1984. And if I turn back here to the appendix, there's a little excerpt that I'm going to read in the appendix where he kind of breaks down um the purpose of Newspeak and it kind of puts things in perspective here. It says this was done partly by the invention of new words, but chiefly by eliminating undesirable words and by stripping such words as remained of unorthodox meanings in so far as possible of all secondary meanings whatever. to give a single example, the word "free" still existed in Newspeak, but it could only be used in such statements as quote, "This dog is free from lice end quote, or." Quote, this field is free from weeds. End quote. It cannot be used in its old sense of quote, politically free end quote, or quote, intellectually free, end quote, since political and intellectual freedom no longer existed even as concepts and were therefore of necessity nameless. Quite apart from the suppression of definitely heretical words, Reduction of vocabulary was regarded as an end in itself, and no word that could be dispensed with was allowed to survive. Newspeak was designed not to extend, but to diminish the range of thought, and this purpose was indirectly insisted by cutting the choice of words down to a minimum. So there it is. That is quite powerful. And... That's directly from Orwell's 1984 novel and I think as you look at that and hear what he's saying it is a very powerful uh that is a very powerful explanation of how this works. You see words are powerful uh and and context is also powerful because in today's world as I pointed out I did a video a video section uh, on Facebook the other day, a segment on Facebook, and I was talking about how words were basically being used or or the media was being used as a as a means of shaping narrative instead of a means of informing people. And it can still be informative if you understand how to extract signal from noise. So if you understand the underlying meaning, or the underlying, the buried lead, or the underlying meaning of a particular news story, and how that story is being framed, you can extract the, the, the signal. Whereas the media uh, itself is going to boost up the noise. But based on their behavior, you can extract the signal. And I, I also covered that on another podcast as well, here on uh the substack you can go and look it up go down the, the selection there and pick out signal and noise the signal and noise episode to learn more about that but with that being said so so uh the way I I've, I've always observed this and I I've, I've seen it for years it's been a trickle this orwellian kind of news speak has been a trickle effect and when the pandemic came it sped up and ushered in the rise of this Orwellian culture. And, um, you know, you have with the way things work now, with the way the media kind of does a sales pitch for the government, right? And how things are done to sell narratives. For instance, you have um, the problem. They offer the problem, maybe create the problem. Uh, Then society has its reaction, and then they offer the solution, so, in doing this, this is how they can shape a narrative and kind of herd cattle for lack of a better way of putting it. It's like herding cattle. You want the cattle to go in the field you like Dutton does in the show Yellowstone, you you get on the horseback, and you guys kind of guide the cattle where they want to go and guide them into the you know into the stockyards, and then they can guide them down the field uh, into whatever field they want to go into or into the back of a truck or whatever. So they do this by herding the cattle and they're guiding the cattle and the cattle will fall along where the cowboys, uh, direct them, you know, or if you have a cattle dog too, a cattle dog can help them, you know, stay in the herd and keep the cattle moving in the, in the same direction. That's essentially what we have here with the media and the news speak. We have this Orwellian sort of uh herding of the cattle. Okay. And, um, they're doing it instead of cattle. Uh, you, you, and I are the cattle, right? So, uh, I don't want to put myself into the herd. That's why I have this show. But you get what I'm saying. So, this is this is how this works. So it's problem, reaction, solution. And I'll give you some examples of Orwellian you speak. Uh, for instance, gun violence. That term, gun violence there is no such thing as a gun committing violence. There is only a human being that commits violence. The gun itself is just an instrument that the human uses. Okay? So this is a very important distinction. Gun violence. Okay? There's no such thing as gun violence. The gun doesn't commit violence. The human uses the gun to commit violence. Otherwise, we could say if I smashed you over the head with a chair, that would be chair violence. We don't refer to it that way. All right? We don't, if I hit you with a baseball bat, we don't refer to that as baseball bat violence. Right? It's, uh, we have an epidemic of baseball bat violence. You never hear anything about that or, or knife violence. No, they said, you know, that person was stabbed. You know, he stabbed that person. Well, there's no, there's no thing with, you know, they don't refer to knife violence. Uh, you know, I think they might in the UK because they don't have we they don't have guns, but they do have a lot of stabbings, mass stabbings with knives. So maybe they do there, but not here in the U S and that's the point. It's the framing of the words. It's how the words are used in the newspeak cycle. So this is what Orwell is talking about. Right. And so, what we have is you shape narratives and therefore with narratives, you get what you get outcomes. And these outcomes often result in how uh, the shaping of how policy is made policy that makes its way into a legislative branch of government where then that policy is then passed into a law, which then restricts more of what that law restricts more of your freedom and my freedom. And that's how this works. Meanwhile, um, you say you're probably asking, "Okay, well, why would the media do that, Brandon? Why would they do that? Well, because they get big, big dollars for doing it. Okay, they get they get huge advertising dollars from companies, big, big companies that have big, big lobby to advertise and, and to sponsor their shows. And they're tied into the same politicians that do what? That create the policies. This is what's known as a political graft grafting. So this is this is the issue that we're dealing with now, and it, it, it applies in every sector. We see it in the military-industrial complex. We see it in the medical-industrial complex. Uh, you see it in you know the news uh, information flow of information uh, or big tech complex. So this is all this is all done in a circular graft, and that's how this works. So it's a constant herding of the cattle, and people that can't recognize it, they just fall for that trap. They're always in that vicious feedback loop where they get, you know, problem, reaction, solution. Problem, reaction, solution. You know, it was Rahm Emanuel that said the quote, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? Well, this this is how... This works in the political spectrum uh, these days. It's, it's all about maximizing a, a crisis that comes about and sometimes even creating the crisis so that you can then uh, maximize. So problem, reaction, solution. And so with that, what happens is now you're seeing a decline in societal standards you're seeing crime go up. You're seeing unemployment skyrocket. You see uh, the collapse of our borders. You're seeing wars start to manifest. Society at large, everything is, is failing. Everything is starting to uh, collapse. Now, I'm not saying that to paint you a gloom and doom picture. That's not my goal here. I'm not, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. It's just an observation of reality. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that reality for you. I'm just going to be very direct about it. But but in being capable of observing this reality, right, you can see how these things work. And um, sorry, I had to get a drink of water, guys. But so this is how this works, right? And it's this uh, information. And as Orwell put it, how that Information, how words shape, how they restrict and diminish the vocabulary, which will then diminish um, one's ability to think. Because if vocabulary is restricted, then the ability of thought is then restricted. Uh, Even if someone, an individual is unique and maybe they do think differently, they're going to be in the minority when. There's such uh, strong controls on the newspeak, right, as it has shaped culture and shaped narrative. With When you're that one cattle, you might break away from the herd temporarily, but then what ultimately happens to that cattle, they usually end up uh, a long cowboy or a few cowboys will break off, and they'll go get that, that one that one that kind of got away and, and herd them right back, get them right back, direct them right back to the herd, you know. And that's what happens, and they do that a number of different ways, right? So this is so so I'm gonna take that and pause on that for a second. That's a prerequisite for the next phase of this episode. So the next phase here I want to talk about when you look at society. Societies historically, um they they've been more regressive. I'm just gonna use that term regressive. And what that means is just a a lesser state of technology, a lesser state of of um you know how how society functions in certain ways, and man has always looked for better ways of doing things um for himself right and sometimes, if you had a more nobler approach like uh General Washington, what's best for the country that you're trying to fight for right uh, although that is rare, because that's what made this country, and it's a rarity. But with that being said, I, I want to say that so you have a this sort of regressive state. Now, this is a model that I just kind of came up with. So you have a regressive state, and then when you have progress, as you define it, true progress, not the way progressivism is is is. Um, Defined by today's far left in Orwellian fashion, which is actually regression, but actual progress where, you know, the standard of living rises. People can live a better quality of life. Uh, people can have families. They can have better quality of life. So that's progress, right? So throughout history, if you look at, and study societies, there's a more regressive era in those societies. Then there's some progress, and then they may get to what they consider a level of that progress where they're flourishing, okay? And then what happens when they start to flourish? They, things start to then, when they get to a certain point, uh, bad actors come in, take advantage of the situation. The big graft that I mentioned earlier in this episode, that starts happening. There's uh, political corruption there's uh, corruption of the institutions, uh, educationally, otherwise. And then you start to get regression again. So you have this cycle. It starts with more of a regressive state. Then there's progress, and there's a flourishing time, and then there's a regressive time again. Okay? So this is a cycle. All right? And we're seeing that again now. Not not just here in the states, but all over the world we're seeing that same cycle take place again. We had here in the states we had uh you know the struggle of the found of the uh of the discoverers who came over and the pilgrims and they staked their land and state stayed staked their claim and they grew farms and and grew in and then the colonies uh came about and then over time the country started its formation and the warring and the fighting that went on with you know the American Revolution up against the British crown to establish the country all of that was a more regressive state but they were trying to make progress they were trying to progress forward right and they were and they and they did they progressed forward and then out of that you had this lot of progress over You know, the last 200 years or whatever, and you had explosion of industry and and uh, financial growth and you had a better way of living and the cost of living and you had all of this stuff. I mean, unlike ever recorded in history, a society that has exploded and been more successful and flourished uh, better than any society ever recorded in our history right here in the U.S., Okay, and now what we're seeing is you're seeing this regressive state start again. Now, again, I'm not trying to paint a doom and gloom picture because I have this this podcast for this specific reason. Because I believe that as we spread and put things in context like this, if I can impact the culture, if I put out a message like this and it's received well by you or and you share it and you share it to a family member or friend it's received well by them they start to understand this and grasp this and get their arms around this then it will shape the way that they interact with others okay and maybe they even get involved to a degree with this framing of information and and how it's presented, and that we can stop this regression and reverse course, even. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Is is it's not just about you know th- something exists and then it fails to exist that in a, in a cycle, uh, these things are all determined by human action, human agency. You guys have heard me talk about human agency. And that's exactly the point here. So this is why, you know, and and this is why I have the podcast. So, so this is the key. So, so here's the thing. Freedom now in this regressive state is being determined uh, and obtained by wealth. Okay. All right. So in subjugation, is going to be obtained by the lack of wealth. So think about this. So when you think about someone that has a lot of wealth, uh, the Bill Gates of the world or uh, George Soros of the world, who do nefarious things with their wealth, but in their, they do what they want to do. They have a certain view of the world and whatever that is, and they want to force it. And they have the freedom to pursue that because of their wealth. But, and, and because of their wealth, they can do things to, to basically uh, continue to grow their wealth a lot easier. And also, at the same time, simultaneously suppress anyone else from, uh, from obtaining that wealth and that freedom. Uh, as they consume more of it, okay, now, I don't believe wealth is necessarily a zero sum game. you know, I think wealth creation you know it, it can it can be limitless as long as a society has the freedom to do it, but that's the catch the The difference here in this regressive state that we're in now is that we we are having less freedom. And what is freedom? Freedom is the ability to choose. Okay? To choose. So so if we have less fewer choices in terms of uh uh ways of marketing our product, ways of of providing our service. So take fuel fuel prices for instance. Let's say you run a a trucking company. Well, Let's say you're getting off the ground and, you know, you know you can make it and you're doing well, but you, but you are, you're still struggling there to, to get past the, to get out of the, you know, you want to get out of the red and get into the black, you know, and, and where you're profitable and gas prices, fuel prices, diesel prices, all of a sudden go through the roof. Okay. Okay. Retail slows down. So whatever it is that you're shipping now, there's no demand to ship whatever it is you're shipping. That's just a very simple example. But that gives you nonetheless an example of how that suppression of opportunity, the suppression of the freedom to be able to pursue that wealth. That's the that's the catch. Now, if you did not have that suppression and it was just a true free market, you would have choices, more choices to be able to adapt, right? Now, and again, I go back to the pandemic. My, uh, in the fitness industry, my industry, and even my business directly was impacted because guess what? When they, the government comes in and starts picking winners and losers and they tell you uh, these businesses over here are essential, but these businesses over there are non essential they're suppressing your freedom to pursue wealth, and those that did that okay in the system they grew their wealth in a staggering right at a staggering rate during the last couple of years a staggering rate the amazons of the world uh the targets of the world uh these these businesses exploded in in terms of their in terms of their profits, right? And that was a rigged system, and that's why. Because there was no fair level of competition of anyone that allowed them to do this, and they used this pandemic as a Trojan horse in order to act on it. It was an intentional action, in my view, Uh, and there's a lot of evidence out there to support that, but that's just my opinion, you can believe what you want to believe, but it's obvious. It's, it's just, it's too obvious. I can go, I can go down a list. If you're disagreeing with this right now, I could go down. If we sat down for, you know, uh, for a cup of coffee or whatever, I could break out a checklist and go down and give you example after example and validate every one of them. But, um, not going to do that here. Cause I've done it in other episodes and all the contents here for you to listen to, but that's essentially it. <coughs> And um, so so that being said, progress and freedom was happening as a result of the explosion of wealth. And then once the wealth was concentrated, now we're seeing the regressive state. And this happened. This has happened in Rome. This has happened in the Weimar Republic. Prior to World War II, all of these things, right? So this is all throughout history. <clears throat> and what feeds this, the other thing that feeds this, and I talked about this the other day, is that we have given up a lot of our um, our free our freedom and individual sovereignty, our our individual ability to have freedom, we've exchanged for convenience you know we live in our society now where our biggest worries up to now have been you know what do we need to buy from the grocery store to to have for dinner what's the latest you know iphone that i want to buy or 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 you know what video game what is the what video game do the kids want this this month and and even adults for that matter <laughs> they play video games and this is I think a problem, we, we fed into this technological um, ecosystem and this, and this, um, we, we fed this, this whole, this whole thing of convenience. You know, your, your cards, every time you go to, to dinner, you go to the grocery store, you don't even have to swipe your credit card. You can just tap it and the machine takes it, takes your payment. So there's that. Also there's you know people don't pay with cash. They say I don't carry cash on me because it just takes too much time. Well, that's an it may be a little inconvenient, but by doing that, you don't feed you don't exchange your freedom uh for convenience because every time you swipe your card or use your card, the banks make profits, big profits off of those merchant fees, right? And and you're giving them money, just giving money away, and not only that, you're giving them you're giving them more power to do what they have. What big lobby? See, here's here's another thing. If you're not familiar, the big banks your your normal uh, your normal suspects your J P Morgan Chase, your Wells Fargo, your Bank of America, your all of your big banks. All right, Goldman Sachs, all of them. That is the Federal Reserve. Okay. So when the when when you hear that Congress goes and passes some giant spending package, the way they do that is they funnel them. They got to funnel the money. I always wondered mechanically, how do they do that? Is there some guy with a couple of briefcases full of cash that goes over to Ukraine and hands a Ukraine, you know, part of their oligarchy a briefcases full of cash? No, it doesn't work that way. It's all digital. It's all it's all done through the banks and the banks. Uh, loan out that money, that's the Federal Reserve. That's how it works. But they're given the money by the government, by your tax dollars, mine. They just, in fact, they don't even do that now. Uh, They do that, but they also print more. So not only that, they're devaluing your currency. So every time you use your card, you're giving these people more money to do the things that make our lives difficult. You feed that ecosystem. And so that's just something to think about. And it's shift it, it is the it is the exchange of our freedoms for convenience that is feeding this ecosystem and making uh furthering our society into this regressive state. So that's what that's the message of today. And they're doing it by using you know by 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 the rise of this Orwellian culture in order to hurt us in the direction that they want us to, just like the Duttons herd the cattle in Yellowstone. And that is the message and that's what I wanted to get across to you for today's episode. And if you like this episode, which I hope you do hope you do and I hope you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. And if you did, I need your help to share this message, spread this message. So please share it out onto all your social media, email your friends, text, family members, be a force multiplier in that regard and spread this message. <clears throat> and also make sure that you subscribe to me at brandonritchie.substack.com. And also you can listen again to the show on uh, Stitcher Um on Stitcher on uh, Apple podcast and Spotify and if you're on the Spotify please give it the five star rating and um give me a follow there so that you can get all the latest updates there and at the same time uh this this is this is the goal of shaping culture if we want to fight the rise of this Orwellian culture in reverse course we have to do away with the new speak. We have to start correcting the vocabulary not only of ourselves but of others. But as we do this ourselves and we start to master it ourselves and master how we speak, if they say if you hear the term gun violence, don't say gun violence. It's not gun violence. It is violence. Human violence is what it is. If it's a, you know, if it's a car crash, it's a car crash, right? But a human was driving the car. So-and-so was in a, in a car accident, right? So that's, that's how we frame it. So framing this is important. And I think starting with words and starting with this language is how we can right this ship. So with that being said, I need your help to impact the culture. So just share this out. And with that, I want you to stay strong, stay focused, stay active,